to the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce podcast, your local business community resource. My name is Denise Heidel. Not only do I serve as your podcast host, but I'm also the executive director of the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce. On behalf of the Chamber, thank you for listening and for your support of the Chamber business community. Hi, everybody. This is Denise Heidel, and I am the host of the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce podcast. Today, I am joined by two dynamic women in the community. First, I'm, di- I'm joined by Sandy Scanelli with the Shala Ford Foundation, and also Teresa Lindsay with Lindsay and Gardner. So thank you so much, ladies, for being with me today. I'm going to give you a chance to introduce yourself, but I wanted to share the topic um, of today's episode is end of year giving. It's a good time to start really thinking about end of year giving. So I appreciate both of them joining us. Sandy is of course with the Shallowford Foundation nonprofit, focuses on giving throughout the year. And then Teresa of course is an accountant and she's gonna be able to share some of the tax um, benefits of giving with us. We're gonna take a quick pause from the podcast to hear a message from Triad Business Bank. Hello, my name is Fuller Parham, Senior Commercial Banker with Triad Business Bank. We opened our doors a little over two years ago to serve the core banking needs of locally owned businesses, real estate professionals and developers, and nonprofit organizations here in the Triad. We raise local capital and have a mission to deploy it back into our local community as a catalyst for growth. We focus on the core banking needs of our local business community and what that means is we really are looking to help out with deposit treasury cash management services as well as business commercial and real estate borrowing needs again my name is fuller Parham with triad business bank and we look forward to learning how we can support your business's growth thank you again to triad business bank for their support of the lewisville clemens chamber of commerce and now let's get back to the podcast so Sandy, let's start with you, if you'll just give a brief introduction about yourself and the Shallowford Foundation. Okay, um, thank you. I appreciate being here. And uh, the Shallowford Foundation, we're located in Clemens. We cover the areas of Clemens, Louisville, a little bit of North Davidson, and Yadkin County. And our mission is to uh, work with generous individuals and help them um, make the most of their charitable giving. Great. Teresa. Hi, I'm Teresa Lindsay. I'm with Lindsay and Gardner CPAs. We're a CPA firm located here in Clemens. Um, we work with a lot of organizations, businesses, and individuals. And this time of year, we're working with our clients on tax planning and tax strategies. So this is um, very timely. Great, great. I'm so I am so happy to have your expertise here as we um, discuss this. So let's let's just talk about first of all how individuals and businesses can still consider end of year giving? I mean, I know budgets are starting to wind down for the year, um, but what are some recommendations that you two would have for finding ways to be generous in the last quarter? Well, Teresa, I would think that this is probably your number one question (laughs) this time of year when folks look at their tax debt, I guess you might call. (laughs) It is. It's that time of year. This is the time of year we're meeting with our clients and we're projecting out what they're going to owe come April 2023. Seems like a long ways away, but there's still a lot we can do between now and the end of the year to to plan for our taxes and be prepared for them. So um, charitable giving is one way. 
Um, there, there are several things, several different ways to give. Some have more of a tax advantage than others. Um, so we work with them strategically, and everyone's different on if they're going to give, um, you know, what's the best asset and how to give um, and the timing of it. Very critical. Well, I'm curious when you say that there's different tax advantages, so there's not a one-size-fits-all kind of tax deduction for giving. Can you elaborate on that? There's not. I mean, first thing we always advise our clients is treat your personal life just like your business life. You make good business decisions. Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to charitable giving, the first reason you give mm -hmm. should not be for a tax deduction. The first reason you should give is because there's some reason that's important to you. Right. Um, and there's a lot of need in our community now. So that's the first, first approach that, that we take. And then we look at, um, you know, what do I give? What type of assets do I give cash? Do I give appreciated stock? Um, there's, do I do, if you um, have to give, or you have to make or receive required minimum distributions, do you do what's called a QCD, which is a transfer from your IRA directly, a trustee to trustee transfer to, for example, um, a 501c3 like Shallowford Community Foundation. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's not one size fits all. Mm -hmm. um, there's also, you can give non-cash, like I said, we can give appreciated stock. Um, when do you give? Do you give everything in one year? Do you give every two years? Mm -hmm. Do you give a big lump sum? Do maybe a donor advised fund, which I'm sure Sandy would love to talk about um, mm -hmm. a little bit. And we talk about those strategies. Okay. So when, when somebody throws these kinds of ideas on the table, is there a way to just like quickly run calculations to see which... I mean, obviously, because I agree with your point, you, you want to give first because you want to give to your community or to a cause that you believe in and support. But I mean, there are tax benefits to sure. it. So is there a way to look at this on paper and say this, this benefit outweighs the other, you should do this lump sum or, you know, defer it out? How, how... There are, and that's part of the year in plan with our clients. We mm -hmm. sit down with them, we go, okay, it's time to do some tax planning. So let's project out what your income is going to be, and this is going to be your tax this year. Mm -hmm. Is it going to be a high year tax? Is it going to be a low year tax? Um, and then we do different case scenarios. Um, it's done. It's not as quick as sitting down and having a conversation, doing a you know, mm -hmm. on the back of a napkin type thing. Mm -hmm. But we do analysis, do, do case studies. If you give two years worth of, there's one type of giving or way to give is called bunching. Mm -hmm. um, with the tax law changes over the last se several years, a lot of people don't qualify for itemized deductions. Mm -hmm. So the two, the big things that that help us qualify: high mortgage interest and charitable giving are mm -hmm. um, SALT, which are state and local tax deduction limited. So if we don't have a lot of mortgage interest, um, really our biggest itemized deduction can be charitable contributions. Mm -hmm. So let's say that I give $15,000 a year to Shallowford Community Foundation. Mm -hmm. Well, and if that's really my only deduction besides some state and local tax, I'm probably not getting real, a real benefit from itemizing, so mm -hmm. I'm going to take the standard deduction. Right. However, if I do what I call bunching, and you do it two, two contributions in one year. Mm -hmm. For example, let's say it's January 2023, mm -hmm. and I'm getting ready to plan my personal budget on what I'm going to give. And if I'm going to say, well, I'm going to give um, 
this 501c3, my church, the foundation, $15,000, I may give it in January. And then fast forward to the end of the year, well, you know what, it's time to start thinking about 2024. If I go ahead and give that donation for 2024, my pledge to the organization in December, mm-hmm. I've then created $30,000 worth of deduction mm-hmm. where it may be advantageous to itemize at that point. Right. Where, and then the next year, I take the standard deduction. So what you want to do when you do that, let the organization know. Mm-hmm. You know if the organization is used to getting $15,000 a year, You've given it the 2023 in January 2023. Let them know in December of 2023. Hey, I'm going to give you. I'm going to meet my pledge for 2024, but I'm going to give it to you now. Okay. So that's the, that's strategically the timing, not necessarily the asset you're giving, but the timing um, is more impactful. Wow. One of the things that we um, that we think about certainly in this time of year, you know, that's wonderful if folks are have that discretionary income that they can do that Um, and what we're seeing a lot of are those who are donating like an appreciated stock Um, they may have uh, in fact I even did a little bit of research and I thought oh isn't that interesting if you owned Apple stock in 2018 it was $45 a share Mm-hmm. And last night it was hundred and forty-five dollars a share. So you figure that's a fairly short period of time. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, today I think it's harder, a little bit harder, with inflation, with the investment markets being so down, mm-hmm. um, and gas prices and wage pressures. I mean, you look at all of that, and folks are operating a little more lean. Many, not right. all, but many are operating a little lean. And yet they still have this desire to be generous. Um, They feel like they've been blessed. And as I often think of Donna Bingham Merriman, who says, you know, um, we're we're blessed to be a blessing to somebody else. And so, um, you know, they still want to give. Well, if they donate that appreciated stock, and they don't have to donate all of it, if if it's made that much money, and they donate, let's say, 20 shares um, of at what would that be? Um, now I'm, so right. let's, 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 do a, let's do 10 shares. Now. We'll do a, a little yeah. easy, We'll do easy math. We'll do easy math. And so you go. Let, let's say that we have, we bought a stock in whatever year for $10 a share, yeah. and today it's worth $110 a share. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I sell that stock, I'm going to have a capital gain of $100. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to take that $100 and pay my, let's say, $20 in tax. Right. So I only then have $80 to give to an organization. Mm-hmm. Where if I do a trustee-to-trustee transfer, if I take that one share of stock and I transfer it from my broker account to Shallowford mm-hmm. um, <laughs> Community Foundation's account, mm-hmm. the value of that stock, the day it's transferred, is $110,000. Not only do I not have to pay any tax on it, but I get a tax, the charitable contribution, the value that flows through on my tax return, if I'm itemizing, is $110. So if I've spent 10, but I'm gonna get a deduction, I can get a deduction up to $110. So Sandy's point of appreciated stock, or any asset for that matter, Mm -hmm. 
Land's another good one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just to, to transfer that. But it, it needs to be done in a very specific way. Mm-hmm. It, you can't sell the stock and give them the cash. Right. That's a capital transaction. That's a gain. It's taxable. But you can do a trustee-to-trustee transfer. And your broker, your investment advisor, they know how to handle that. And I know Shallerford mm-hmm. <laughs> Foundation knows how to handle that transaction. So that is one of my favorite ways um, mm-hmm. outside of um, QCDs from the RMDs. It's my fa- one of my favorite ways to transfer. It, it's a great thing because it really doesn't impact your cash mm-hmm. and you know that you have to live on on a regular basis. So mm-hmm. um, it's a wonderful way to continue to be generous. Mm-hmm. And uh, from the, the growth of that, whatever that security might be. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, we also have had folks who, what they'll do is they'll set up a donor advised fund. So I'll take that cue from you, Teresa. Yes. Um, and they'll set up a donor advised fund, which is like a charitable account that they can then decide where would they like a grant to go. Um, it doesn't have to be immediate. So it's, if you think of it almost as a checking account, and when you're ready to make a grant, then you let us know. And as long as it is um, a charitable organization mm-hmm. and has all the proper licensing and so forth, uh, we'll make that grant. So it's a way to, um, and particularly those who have had a, perhaps a windfall year have done really well. Mm-hmm. They don't have to make all those decisions on where they're going to um, donate their charity that year. Um, on the spot. It, the other thing I often think about too is if someone does have a windfall, um, they don't necessarily want to give a huge gift to any single or a couple of charities because that in itself creates its own problems and expectations. And so this way they can parse it out over time by setting up a donor advised fund. Mm-hmm. And just to, to follow up on that, and Sandy's exactly right. Um, this year, last year, whenever, there are um, people that are doing still financially well. Mm-hmm. And if you, especially when they find themselves in an unusually high tax bracket, you mm-hmm. know, they've had that windfall, whatever, whatever that is. Um, they've done well in the stock market. Their business has been done well. They've got mm-hmm. some large bonuses. And once again, they're used to giving maybe to their church $10,000, tithing $10,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Well, Strategically, if they can take maybe 10 years worth of, let's say they're extremely well, 10 years worth of donations, and they say, you know, I'd, I'd like to go ahead and get the most bang for my buck, but I want to I want to give the organization, as Sandy said, over the next 10 years, that $10,000 or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. What they do is they go to a foundation like Shallowford, they set up a donor-advised fund, they take that $100,000, they make a contribution this year, mm-hmm. they get a tax deduction this year, mm-hmm. and the money sits there. Mm-hmm. And when they're ready to give it out over the next 10 years or however long, they just call up and say, hey, I wanna do a distribution mm-hmm. from my donor advice fund to XYZ organization. Mm-hmm. So it helps all across the board. Yeah. I would like to add one more thing. You know, um, it's <clears throat> this is if folks are thinking well, you know, what are the needs and are there needs right now? Mm-hmm. Um, and there are. And right. I w- would like to say that there we have to consider that there are some many families who are still struggling post-COVID. Mm-hmm. And um, 
and that is and it hasn't for some it's become worse mm-hmm. because a lot of the government support such as um, the moratoriums on for utilities and rent those things are gone mm-hmm. and so we're hearing more reports of homelessness and food insecurity mm-hmm. so the needs are there the nonprofit organizations that are serving these uh, that are serving individuals who are in these situations are getting more demand and they are too struggling with inflation wage mm-hmm. pressures um, in some communities the um, the nonprofit vacancy rate for employees positions that are open is 30 to 40 percent right and so because they've typically had lower um, lower wages so there's a there's a lot of need in the nonprofit community mm-hmm. um, and in our own communities and that's a point too it's mm-hmm. a very valid point and, and um, we Lindsay and Gardner work with a lot of uh, nonprofits mm-hmm. um, most through our community support mm-hmm. um, you know volunteerism and we're seeing that um, the just like every business and it's even probably compounded more with the nonprofits is the wage pressure, mm-hmm. um, the wage pressure, and just the cost of doing business and supplies, right. what they give. Yeah. So it is an important, you know, this year for those of us who can, we, we need to still give and to continue to give and hopefully give a, a little bit more. We're going to take a quick pause from the podcast to introduce our listeners to Ireland Insurance and Jackie Jackson. Ireland Insurance is an independent, family-owned and operated insurance agency that has been serving the triad for over 80 years. Jackie Jackson has just celebrated her seven-year cancerversary and is also an agent with Ireland Insurance. She is a breast cancer survivor and she's grateful for her journey. In celebration of her cancerversary and in recognition of Breast Cancer Awareness Month, Ireland Insurance is supporting Jackie's annual fundraiser for cancer services. Established in 1955, Cancer Services is a local nonprofit with the mission of embracing health, life, and survivorship. For every policy that Jackie quotes during the month of October, Ireland will make a donation to Cancer Services. Consider helping Jackie give back to an organization that supported her on her own cancer journey. It costs you nothing to let Jackie run some quotes for you. Contact WNIreland.com to speak to Jackie and let her see if she might be able to earn your business and contribute to the mission of Cancer Services. One thing that's come back, um, there was a, there's this thing called RMDs, it's called a required minimum distribution. Mm -hmm. Was when you're 70 70 and a half, but now when you turn 72 and a half, Mm -hmm. if you have an IRA, a traditional IRA, you are required to take a distribution from that IRA. Mm-hmm. Um, back a few years ago, that, that number was, at, the age was 70 and a half. It got bumped up to 72 and a half. Well, we are getting, you know, some, some clients are calling and saying, I've got to take my RMD this year. I really, I don't need it. You know, mm-hmm. they, for, they, they financially, they're secure. They don't need it. So what they're able to do is instead of taking that money and paying tax on it, and mm-hmm. then maybe giving it away, once again, kind of like that capital transaction right. where you know you, you only have 70 or 80% of it to actually give away because of tax. Mm-hmm. What they're allowed to do is what's called a qualified charitable distribution. Mm-hmm. So they can call their investment people and say, hey, that RMD that 
I don't need. I would like to give it to a charity. Mm -hmm. So they do a trustee to trustee transfer. And they can do this up to $100,000. Mm -hmm. um, and they go to a 501c3. Mm -hmm. They don't get a charitable deduction for it. However, they don't count it as income. Right. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it qualifies to meet, meet the requirements that they've received their RMD. Right. So we've had a, a moratorium where we didn't have to take the RMDs for about a year or so. It's back in place. And we're seeing more of them. Um, the, the key is start thinking about that now. Don't wait till December 15th because it does mm -hmm. take time. And people right. take vacation after April, uh, December 15th. So it takes time. So they really want to take time it. for the transfer. The transfer. Whoever holds that RA, mm -hmm. IRA to the, uh, and to liquidate that and right. then get it to the organization. Yes. We do, we have had worked with several individuals on their required minimum distribution qualified mm -hmm. charitable distribution or deduction? Yeah. I, I, distribution. Is it distribution? It's, it's distribution. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And that's the acronym that you're hearing RMD. QCD. QCD. Yeah, all yes. those acronyms. <laughs> I love the acronyms. Yes. Now, what was an interesting fact is, even though the required minimum distribution age is 72 and a half, mm -hmm. if you're 70 and a half, you can still do the same thing. So if I'm 69, I can't transfer from my IRA to a nonprofit using QCD. I can't do that. But if I'm 70 and a half, even though I'm not required to take that distribution, mm -hmm. I can still use that feature. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a new little twist, mm -hmm. which, okay. is, which is great. Mm -hmm. which is Advantage then. And taking the money then out. Taking right. it and then giving it away. And then giving it. So yeah. if, you're gonna, if, you're, if you're eligible to do an RMD mm -hmm. and you don't need it or you don't have to do it, um, but, but you're eligible to do the QCD, I would suggest doing that before giving money out of your post-tax dollars. Okay. Can I ask Teresa a question? Absolutely. Uh -oh. One of the things I wonder is what's going to happen with taxes um, last year. So if you brought your crystal ball with you today. I forgot um, it. I oh. forgot it. But, but I do know one thing that's going away that is kind of disappointing. Now, that's as of today. We really don't know what the tax laws are because they always change. And often in the past several years, they've changed after January. Mm -hmm. But one thing that's going away that I'm, I'm very sad about is for the non-itemizers, um, single, you could do $300, married, filing, joint, $600. If I just took the standard deduction and I gave um, to charitable organizations up to $600, married, filing, joint, I was able to take a deduction for that um, in addition to the standard deduction. That was Even wonderful. if you're not itemizing. Even if you're not itemizing, you're using the standard deduction instead of itemizing. Unfortunately, as the tax laws are written today, they could always change, that's gone away. So I, that's Next not that's year? 2022, mm, okay. this year's tax. Um, that's my understanding. Um, that's not the news you wanted to hear, um, but it's but that is one thing that, that is, is happening. There's some changes also with the SALT, you know, state and local tax um, for some business owners may be able to mm -hmm. take a deduction in their business, but mm -hmm. that's the, the big thing. Mm -hmm. So there's no real... Mm, incentive, tax incentive, to do more this year than next year? Well, it is, if you look at it this way, if it's more, this is the year to go ahead and bunch, mm -hmm. bump up your itemized deductions, give more this year, get that tax advantage, or maybe set up that donor advice fund, mm -hmm. because we don't, you know. Absolutely. You know, that, that would be the advantage, <laughs> but there's not. But it's, yeah. you know, it's, um, the, the, the tax world has, the last several years has been unprecedented. 
you know, we've had retroactive tax law changes. We've had tax law changes in the state that affected a year and amended return a year ago, and amended returns had to be um, mm -hmm. prepared. So it's 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 the environment we've never seen before, and I assume it's just going to continue. Right, right. So check with your tax advisor. Right. If you don't have one, get one. That's <laughs> a, that's great advice, but don't stop giving. Don't stop uh, giving. Uh, 100%. Our communities really need it. They benefit from it. A lot of deserving organizations that are doing great work. And it really contributes to the vibrancy of the community. And, and if, oh, go ahead. And it, and it goes back to when we started, you know, give because you want to give. Exactly. And then be very strategic about it. And, mm -hmm. uh, we do, we do do remember, um, our community. We need to take care of our community, our nonprofits. They do a, a tremendous amount. They, you know, the unsung heroes of our community. And uh, just don't forget, now's the time we really need to remember them. Absolutely. And with the Shallowfer Foundation, I'll, please forgive me if I am totally off base. <laughs> but, you know, I know you guys work with so many individuals and organizations about mm -hmm. giving, and you help kind of coach people Absolutely. on how to give and yeah. where to give and mm -hmm. what, what are the best ways. And you match people up with organizations that share their values and vision. Am mm -hmm. I right? So it's almost like, like you're a... You're a one-stop shop for figuring out <laughs> how to be generous, right? Well, and, and I think how to make the, the most, to make the most impactful um, difference in mm -hmm. the community based on what the person is really most interested in. Everybody has different causes and interests that they care about, and we customize um, our work to the individual and what they want to accomplish. For some people, um, they really want a scholarship Right. For others, they they want to help kids and mentoring, and they're worried about students who may not be um, functioning on grade level. And so what are the best ways that we can use our philanthropy to help that? Um, it's just, it's all over. And for others, it's, it's being interested in arts and culture and activities that are that they mm -hmm. want to participate in in the community. Mm -hmm. That could be something at the Mary Alice Warren Community Center right. and, um, and the tremendous activities that are going on there, thanks to philanthropy. Right. And so you could so. come to the table with, I have this vision and this idea for the community. I just don't know how to implement it, mm -hmm. but I, these are my funds. Yes. Now help help me understand yes. how I can make this happen. And, and we that's may what know you... others who have a similar interest right. and can work collectively to do that. Right. So that's really the beauty of a community foundation is the opportunity to um, to work together collectively, mm -hmm. collaboratively mm -hmm. um, to do the most for the community. Mm-hmm. And so as we talk about this last quarter and we're talking about giving, obviously there's a wealth of knowledge sitting here in this room with me. My head's about to explode. So, <laughs> but you know, when we talk about giving and, and Teresa, you've mentioned this, you, you give because you want to give, not for the tax advantage. Um, and I know Sandy, you and I have talked about this before too. Giving is giving back to our communities. And you know, and it's not, when you live in a me-centric world, you're never going to be fully fulfilled or happy. I mean, the, the saying is, you know, um, it's better to give than receive. It's not a cliche. It's really, really true. And, I mean, and you just touched on this, Sandy, about how this these acts of philanthropy have literally changed communities. 
Do you want to elaborate on that? I know you you mentioned the Mary Alice Warren um, Community Center. Well, I mean, it's it's um, so the Mary Alice Warren Community Center. We certainly didn't build that. That all right. that credit goes to Louisville. <laughs> right. And the, really, they're inspired. Inspired but you were leaders. definitely instrumental. We were involved in some of the programming mm-hmm. there and um, when they were looking to launch that and how to make that community center is vibrant when there's activities and mm-hmm. um, different offerings and the community is involved. Otherwise, it's just a building. Correct. And so we were very fortunate, thanks to our donors, to be able to award some grants mm-hmm. that... Um, and they've had a wonderful year of programming mm-hmm. um, with lots of individuals. And, and it's really kicked, helped to kick off that community center in a very vibrant way. Mm-hmm. So that's been great. I don't know that that, that, that answers your question. It's, um, what was the question? <laughs> well, I mean, I, th- I think it essentially comes down to this. A spirit of generosity can literally change a community. Mm. And it can change the world, you know, over time. I mean, it, it really, it can't... Well, you know, we often, we often think about that um, changing the world and, and for the beneficiary of that gift. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is that both the donor and the recipient benefit mm-hmm. in such huge ways. Right. Um, and you certainly know this, Teresa, from the things that you've been involved in as well, is that we see the biggest smiles on the faces of those who are, whether they're volunteering or they're giving, mm-hmm. as well as those who are receiving the benefit of right. that, um, of their generosity. And so it's a, it's a mutually wonderful, beautiful thing to see. And that spirit of enthusiasm and joy is contagious. Mm-hmm. And that's what we hope all our communities have. And certainly it inspires others. It does. It, it totally does. It really does. So we're going to take a quick pause from today's podcast to recognize one of our sponsors, Marzano Capital Group. Hi, this is Mike McGilvery, financial advisor and partner at Marzano Capital Group in Clemens. We are privileged to serve this great community. And we strive to help our clients by building wealth management plans tailored to their specific goals. Consistent client communication is the cornerstone of our process, and we hope to add value to your financial planning needs. Once again, thank you to Marzano Capital Group for their support of the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce. And now, let's get back to the podcast. I am just so thankful to both of you for sharing your wisdom and your expertise and, um, and, and just helping us talk about this very important topic of end-of-year giving. And so, you know, as we wrap up, and we've, we've got literally three months left, so what would be the next step? Somebody who's like, listen to this, okay, I'm, I'm inspired, I want to give. What are their next steps? I think they identify the organization that they, you know, Identify the, the organization or the passion that they want to give towards. You mm-hmm. know, does, is it food insecurity? Is it education? Mm-hmm. Battered women? What What's their heartthrob? What pulls mm-hmm. at their heartstrings? Mm-hmm. Um, and so then, we're switching seats here because I was going to say, go see your tax advisor. <laughs> and then talk to your tax advisor. You know, how do we do this? Because, you know, we've, we've thrown out some pretty big numbers here. Like when we talked about a donor advice fund. And I'm going to ask Sandy a question. So, you know, I'm not going to have $100,000 this year to set up a donor advised fund. So maybe talk to Sandy, how, you know, can I set up a donor advised fund and start funding it now for the future giving? Absolutely. And what is, you know, what should I, where could I start with that? 
Well, we've had um, donor advice funds set up as pass-through, meaning that they're, we're not investing it, it, we're just parking it, maybe with a, a low investment on it, um, money market fund, um, with as, as low as $5,000 to start. And, and then they look to distribute it over the course of a year. But it is a step, it's the first step in thinking about philanthropy on an ongoing basis, making it part of your regular budget um, and in what you're doing in the course of the year. That's wonderful. Well, if, if anybody is interested in contacting you um, for advice on giving or um, making plans to give, can you share your contact information, Sandy? Yes. Um, I can be reached at, I'll give you an email. That's fine. Which is Sandy, S-A-N-D-I, at shallowford, S-H-A-L-L-O-W-F-O-R-D, foundation, F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N dot org, or just give me a call at 336-407-3460. And that is a cell phone. Um, I can be reached weekends and evenings if that's most convenient. Okay. Thank you, Sandy. And what about you, Teresa? Um, we're located here in, in, in Clemens. You can probably the easiest way is to call the office 336-712-1788. And if you have a CPA that you're working with, contact them, talk to them. Um, if you're looking for a CPA firm to be part of your team, we welcome the call. Great. Thank you again to Sandy and Teresa for sharing their expertise on end-of-year giving. And um, as we wrap up this uh, next few months and say goodbye to 2022, look into 2023 as a year to also give. It doesn't. You don't have to wait till the end of the year to do this. So uh, make sure you're planning ahead and thinking of ways that you can give back to the community. And both of these ladies are wonderful resources to help you figure that out. So until next time, thanks for listening. Once again, thank you for listening to the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce podcast. The Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce is a member-focused business community. I invite you to learn more about the chamber by visiting our website, louisville-clemens.com. And while we're in the world of audio, it's time for the fine print. Everyone has an opinion, but in this case, the views and the opinions stated in this podcast are solely those of the contributors and not necessarily those of our distributors. So now that you've been appropriately advised, let me remind you that this podcast is copyrighted and cannot be reproduced without expressed written consent of the Louisville Clements Chamber of Commerce.